Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where it is my joy to help you each week create happy, healthy, and well-rested families. This week, episode 113, I am talking with Renee of Parenting Littles. Renee is a parent therapist who helps families connect and lead with compassion. I love this episode with Renee. We actually filmed this many months ago, and behind the scenes, I've been able to implement a lot of what we talked about today. I think you're going to enjoy everything that Renee talks about, where we really dive into helping your child, your toddler, make good choices, what this means for you and your family, and how this can help with such confidence in the entire family. Make sure you check out all of the resources we mentioned here on our website, littlezsleep.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel and connect with me on Instagram at littlezsleep. Enjoy the episode with Renee. Save this one, share it. I know you're going to want to pass this on forward. I'm a licensed professional counselor. Why is giving children choices so important? And is there such thing as like, but that's too many choices. Our bodies are constantly changing. And so that feels really overwhelming for kids. Can you walk us through your bedtime routine? And maybe do you offer your daughter choices throughout the bedtime routine? And what does that look like? Usually I have to give choices about getting out of the bath. I even had an email today uh, that I was responding to. They were like, why is she crying when we're going into the room? When we're tired, we're less able to like repress all of our feelings. Oh my gosh, just go to sleep and you feel really frustrated and sleep deprivation is brutal. Because toddlers are so emotional yeah. and they don't know what to do with all those emotions. Well, okay, so let me kind of now go backwards. So what is your official title? Um, I started yeah. talking about this. We're just going to start rolling into what we our interview, but what yeah. is your official like title that you have? Yeah, I am I'm a licensed professional counselor, so it's LPC. And each state kind of has different things. Like Kansas is like licensed clinical professional counselor, and each state has some different things. But yeah, professional counselor, I guess, can cover most of it. <laughs> Gotcha. And you are, you, you specialize in one particular area. In adoption, um, in attachment trauma. So anything like neglect or abuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, and I know, I mean, Hey, I'm going to come right out and say it in the sleep yeah. world. Whenever we see like, Oh, an attachment counselor. Like when I first found you, I was like, I just need to make sure that, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, the sleep yeah. stuff that I want to talk about. And I think from what you share, what you've been sharing here, and I have some, obviously not as much as you experience with yeah. fostering and adoption parents. It is a very different um, way that we kind of like, okay, yeah. so let me learn your history. Let's learn about all this stuff. The, the, ba the basis of the sleep training is all the same because every kid just needs to sleep, but there's a total different story that they bring in together for sure. So I imagine the work that you do obviously is so incredibly important. And just a few stories that I've heard of friends who are in the foster from that are involved in the fostering adoption community. I imagine you are just a huge resource for so many families. I hope, I hope so. Yeah. I think it is so true. Like with trauma or attachment things, like babies need to be relaxed to sleep. And so if you don't have that secure attachment as a base, it's really hard to feel safe and relaxed in order to sleep. So I like, I like that you kind mm -hmm. of notice that difference and supporting that so great. Yeah. Somebody asked last month in um, a Q and A, they were like, I just adopted a baby. How long until I can sleep train? I was like, Nope, we're not going to have that conversation right now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just enjoyed the new baby and yeah. get to know them. Um, and then maybe later we'll, we'll talk about that, but um, yeah, never is like step one, bring the baby home. Let's sleep train. Sleep is important, but just enjoy, just enjoy that 
yeah that connection all that so that's so good so tell us tell us about parenting littles this is um obviously different from maybe your your day job um yeah. parent walk us through what is parenting littles yeah so uh this is my instagram um account and basically for counseling and in most like helping roles and teaching roles you have to do continuing ed education uh so as part of like my research and doing that i was doing lots of um reading and online trainings for my job and i was like i learned by writing stuff down <laughs> and understanding information that way so I thought, oh, I could make an Instagram account and kind of share the information that I'm learning or that I have learned. Um, and I think just becoming a mom, I just was doing more of my research on my own as well. So mm -hmm. just trying to provide information and understanding because for me, it helps me feel less powerless. So I wanted to share that a little bit through this account. Yeah, I love that. Well, one of your stories, I i mean, there were so many topics. I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about this and that. But one of them that I love, I was like, let's lean into that and chat a little bit more, uh, was about making choices and having yeah. choices. And that is so big inside of my toddler and preschool programs where, you know, especially when you're making all this giant change um, mm -hmm. and even related to attachment, most of these toddlers and preschoolers who are inside my program have been solely dependent, maybe not their entire life, but for a small window of their existence on mom or dad or someone to help them fall asleep. And so then it's like, we're undoing all of these things that they don't feel like is wrong because they're enjoying it, but yeah. it's obviously making the whole household suffer because everybody is all over the place and, and waking up all night, all these things. And so, um, we always want to give some power and some choice inside of our program for them. And really the basis of it is bedtime routine, but can you explain to us why is giving children um, choices? Why is that so important? And is there such thing as like, but that's too many choices? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I kind of think of kids like the very definition of growing up is like our bodies are constantly changing. And so that feels really overwhelming for kids. Like I have no choice. Everything's changing. Everything's different. So when we can allow choice and give choice to kids, they feel the sense of power. Uh, there's less powerlessness that's happening. And so we're not having to coerce them as much. And they are oftentimes more likely to listen and respect our wishes when they feel they have power and autonomy. Because that's what every, I mean, everyone wants that, right? Just to be in control. control. Yeah, have some sense of control. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, I, I often labeled myself as like a control freak inside of our business. I'm like there's things that only I can do. It's like, no, that's not true. Other people can help me with this. But yeah. for, for a child, there are so many things that what's what, what I'm trying revolting against. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's like that sense of like, no, I just want to, I wanted to have this. Or I, I had the way that I think about it is like they had their mindset on something. We yeah. don't know they had our, that they had their mindset on something and we intervene and stop that. And then it's like, massive explosion yeah we see we see that pushback and they I mean we definitely see more of this autonomy and independence around 18 months when kids are starting to like realize they're their own person and not just a part of mom or dad or whoever um so I think that's a great time to start giving choice because they really are going to take to it so quickly and and enjoy having some more autonomy because they're learning all about that Okay, that's a great, I didn't even think about that. Like how soon can you start giving yeah. these options and choices? So, so 18 months, they can kind of start to grasp 
Yeah. And you can start earlier giving them that language, like even like, do you want this or this? And like seeing, do they like look at one thing and be like, oh, it looks like you want the blue cup today. You know, you can start early, but usually they'll be able to respond and decide for themselves around 18 months. So I think that's a great place to start if you're looking for like, when can I do this? Yeah. All right. So with the choices as far as like, okay, but like how many is too many? Yeah. Do you limit to just like, like you said, this or that, or can it be like one, two or three? Is there a point when it's like, that's too much? That's now like overload? Yeah. I like to do just two choices for younger kids. I think when they're like three or four, you maybe can add another one. I find over two is like overwhelming. And most young kids, like any, if there's like six markers on the table you're they're like I don't know where to choose so you even like limiting that and can help them but just a few just two choices is easy to decide between if they're not able to like really choose between the two like I wouldn't add a third one be like oh what about this like, they're already having a hard time deciding so I would maybe just pick for them if they can't like come up with it in like 20 seconds yeah okay so I would love to walk through, obviously you're familiar because you have a two-year-old and, and I'm sure the, the power struggles and the stalling is for real. So yeah. l- l- I don't even want to prompt this, but like, can you walk us through your bedtime routine? And maybe do you, um, maybe you don't even realize it. I don't know. Do you offer your daughter choices throughout the bedtime routine? And what does that look like? Yeah, we definitely offer choices. The start of our bedtime routine is really after dinner because to go to sleep, you have to be relaxed. And lots of kids need either laughter or to cry. (laughs) So we see that a lot before bedtime, right? They're like pushing, they're being silly, they're all over the place running around right before bed. And that's just their natural way to relax, which I just think we can lean into that. So having that roughhouse play or chasing or playing hide and seek or any of those things. So we try to do some of that right after dinner for like I don't know, 10 to 30 minutes. And then we'll kind of start more of the relaxing stuff like bath and books and all that. But essentially we do a lot of rough housing play. So she gets all the laughter out and then we'll do bath time. And usually she likes the bath. So we don't have to give a lot of choice. We usually have to give choices about getting out of the bath. So like, do you want to get out now or in five minutes? Or do you want to hop out like a frog or like a fish? Or do you want mommy or daddy to get you out like each day there's something different to make it more fun. And then we get out of the bath and we'll do lotion. And I try to be really silly with that too, like pulling her legs and just kind of being exaggerated to get any more laughter out that she needs to. And then we do PJs. And then typically with PJs, she gets a choice as well. Um, she's pretty particular about like what type of clothes she likes. She doesn't really like tight clothes. So if I have two pairs of PJs and she really doesn't like one, she can pick the other one. Or if she doesn't want to wear PJs at all, a good one to do is do you want to wear your PJs inside out or the regular way? Ooh, I'm going to use that. <laughs> That's she a really good one. She loves to wear, oh, inside out. Like she loves it. She thinks it's the coolest thing. So that one's an easy one for her to like just, yep, drop in the bucket. <laughs> good yes. choice. Yes. Ooh, that's a and, good thing to do. Yeah. And then we give choices with books. We usually read three books. So and typically she'll read the same three for like three weeks, honestly. They like that repetition, right? So we don't always have to have choices with books. Um, but sometimes we, if she's taking forever to pick a book or whatever, I'll be like, do you want to read Little Blue Truck or do you want to read the monster book or whatever it is? And then even like if she's really pushing back and saying no a lot, that's just another key to me. Like she's not relaxed enough. Maybe she needs more silliness or maybe she just needs me to set limits so she can like get that big cry out so that she can go to sleep. 
So if I hear lots of no's, I'm like, okay, she's needing some help and I have to set some limits. Like nice ones, like, oh, I'm so sorry. We can't read any more books tonight. We're all done with books. And then she'll scream and cry and I'll hold her and then she'll relax. But I think that kind of answered your question. It, did, we- it, it <laughs> did. And now I really am like, tell me more about this laughing, crying, because, oh my gosh, that happens. There's, oh, yeah. there's so many things. There's so many things I have to say about this. I didn't even recognize that. I mean, it makes sense. So I teach inside of our bedtime routine to do play, like five to 10 minutes of like hardcore play, whatever they want to do play. And especially if there's been one caregiver that hasn't spent time with the kid, like that's a great opportunity for you to do that. Or, and then the hour before let's, let's get it all out. But the, when you were talking about like having that big cry, I have families. I even had an email today uh, that I was responding to. They were like, why is my child crying? Like, it's like a, a, I think a 20, 20 month old. Why is she crying when we're going into the room? I'm like, well, she's, she's sleeping 12 hours all night long. Like she's fine. She doesn't hate sleep and she doesn't hate her room. It may just be part of like what she's working through. So what you're saying is that's like a relaxing mechanism. Yeah. Like and it's thing for us too. Like when we're tired, we're less able to like repress all of our feelings, right? We get more aggravated easily or we get silly easily. So when we're tired, we're less able to like kind of repress all that down. So we just cry. Like, I don't know. I'm really tired today. I think I cried this morning. Like I, you know, <laughs> it just comes out. Yeah. But it's just a great way to like release all the tension and stress through your day so that you can relax enough to go to sleep. So I really try to like picture like if she's being like super silly and feeling silly and like, I need 20 bucks or I need this, like, like, okay, she's telling me she's not relaxed enough. How can I support her through this moment? Um, And that really changed my perspective because a lot of times I'd be like, oh my gosh, just go to sleep. And you feel really frustrated and you're like, she's doing this on purpose or whatever. And it's really just kind of flipping that switch in our minds. Like, this is just how she's telling me she needs to relax and how can I support her through that, whether it's setting a limit because we don't have enough time to keep playing and being silly or do we have time that we can like pretend like the book's eating her hand and like make her laugh a little bit more while reading or, you know, those type of things. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that may be like clicking with a lot of people as they're thinking through the bedtime routine, because if you do just shut that down, like, nope, we don't have to, we can't read 20 more books. And then we pick them up and plop them in the crib and Good night. It's a disaster. Yeah. And they'll probably wake up late. Like I find if I'm not, because sometimes I can't be super present, right? Like we have lives and a long day and like, it is really hard to like be really playful sometimes at the end of the day. So there are some times when I'm not fully able to like take in all her tears and be really empathetic and this great presence. And so then she'll wake up in the middle of the night and like let it all out then because she's like ready to do so. So it's just really hard. Like, oh my gosh, sleep deprivation is brutal. So like, you know, we have to be kind to ourselves too. That It's hard to do this every night and I can't do it every night. So, you know, how can we prepare ourselves too? And before bedtime, like, do I need five minutes to wash some dishes and bubbly water? (laughs) Do Can I know? have a good cry every night? Yeah. Can I have a good, <laughs> Can I somebody read me 20 books? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that is such a good takeaway. And I've never thought about that before in the way that you're sharing, you know, usually the way that I'm, th- I'm, I'm talking about it to clients or inside just 
my own thoughts is like, well, yeah, we got to get all the energy expelled, which is a big thing, but yeah. I haven't thought about the emotional part of all of that energy because toddlers are so emotional yeah. and they don't know what to do with all those emotions. So it makes so much sense. What you're sharing is just like, yes, I totally resonate with that. Yeah. Thanks. That's so good. I almost like don't even want to go into the quiet time because like, man, this bedtime routine is so good. But I know that your daughter obviously is probably still napping. But when I do see that transition to, okay, we're not napping, we're having quiet time. Mm -hmm. I often find that parents struggle with like the quiet time. Like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, what, what, what? And, and I think that's a good place for a child to have kind of, again, that like independent, you're in charge of this own small time. You know, I've known very few toddlers in my few years of doing this. That's like, Oh, I can do quiet time for two hours. Like, no, we're doing like 20 minutes is like my, my like, we can do that. So in that little 20 minutes, which can sometimes to them feel like two hours, what do they, what's a good way to set up a child for success for like an independent you go play opportunity? Yeah, we're definitely hitting that stage where we don't nap every single day. There's some days where they, it just doesn't happen, and especially now that we're home, like there's loud noises. We're both working while she's napping, and so some of it's even like if we're stressed out, she's like, no, I can't nap. So our quiet time right now is just about 15 to 20 minutes because that's all she can really handle. And we just kind of set the stage of you can nap if you want to or you don't have to. And then if she's like not asleep in like 15 minutes after we start the nap process, then I kind of help her like make decisions of what she can do. You can read books during this time or you can play with these puzzles. And I try not to overwhelm her with too many toys in the room. We kind of switch things out. Um, But something that's quiet that she can play and just offering like you can do this or this during this time or you can lay down and rest or whatever your kind of options are. But I would say starting in the beginning, like 15 minutes and doing checks, you know, periodically, and then slowly you can get longer, you know, 45 minutes. Older kids, maybe it is a full two hour and that would be like a really great, (laughs) great time to have two hours. Yeah. And I don't like, we don't have a baby gate over the door and she doesn't really like the door closed. So I'm usually like in the hallway working. So like I'm still with an earshot and we kind of set limits. Like if you need me, you can calmly call for me and I can come help you and she's potty trained. So, you know, sometimes I, she needs to go to the bathroom. So we talk about that too. That makes sense. Okay. Well, that's, that's helpful because I think when people say like, Oh, quiet time, they set this enormous mountain of like, Oh, it should be this epic. You're in your room doing everything by yourself. But like, that's not really reality. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's never happened for me, at least for my children. Yeah, it's hard. And I think even when you're starting quiet time, you really have had to start independent play, you know, when they can play by themselves for any length of time. So even if it's like you go to the bathroom, you give them a couple of choices like, hey, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom, you can read this book, or you can do this puzzle, and I'll be right back. So even like practicing that, like, what's it like when you're gone for like two minutes, can they entertain themselves for a little bit? Oh, that's, a, that's a good idea. What age would you think that starts at? We're kind of in that space now, like starting that. And it's hard because we're home all day right now. So it's hard to even give her like space to do stuff on her own. But Mm -hmm. yeah, we've been practicing like anytime I need to go to the bathroom, like that's my time. Here's a please. (laughs) Please let it be my time. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a couple things you can do. But she does need some help with like 
then there's so many choices for her to like, oh, I don't know, I can play with anything. And like, then she's like, I don't know what to play with. So me even just giving her an option to like, you can read this book, or you can look at this magazine, or you can color with this, or you can do this, like giving her two choices when I leave is a good place to start making lunch or whatever. That's just like a few minutes. So you can just yeah. see where they're at. That's a good, those are good thoughts. And honestly, I had, a, when you were saying that too, I thought about, um, there's sometimes I have to ask parents to take out almost everything from the room mm-hmm. because you know, or the, from the bedroom, because you know, like when you have a messy bedroom, okay. I hate, I mean, I mean, I do I have laundry on the side of my bed that's just been sitting there for a few days and I'm like, Oh, I need to clean it up. And I just don't have the like, yeah, to do it yet. But you know, when you clean your room, you're like, Oh, this feels so much better. And like you sleep better. And I feel like I've only sleep better. And I feel like that's gotta be the same for toddlers and for oh, children. Yeah. Like when you've got, like you said, all of these things, like you've got all of these choices. Ah, and then you think about their room sometimes, which is like an explosion of toys for yeah. some children. And if you think about like, could you relax and fall asleep in there? I don't know. I couldn't. So even that, again, that emotional balance of like your environment. And if you are able to have quiet time because you're too stimulated by everything, or if you feel like, oh no, I'm, I'm good. I'm like safe here. So yeah. that's just interesting little anecdote. But yeah, my daughter just started like before bed she'll say like her her bed's too messy her room's too messy because like she's already noticing like there's so much stuff in here so like we've really had to be like you know tell me what's messy and if she can tell me and then I can remove it from her room or put it away really quick because she it's just funny she's like nope there's too much stuff in my bed there's too many toys or whatever she's brought with her Oh, that's, she's smart. That's funny. That's so cute. Well, I would love to know how we can get connected to you. Um, so could you share with our listeners um, in any of the ways that people maybe could have an opportunity to work with you or just connect with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, I, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram through parenting.little. So you can find me there and DM me and, and there's a link to like my website. But if you're in the Kansas City area, I have openings for therapeutic services. And I think that's all I'm the website if you click through the Instagram and then just for parenting support I have consultations and coaching that I can you know we can take deeper dives into anything that is a concern or an issue with your family or with a kiddo or with a parent so those are some ways but mostly just through Instagram it's a good way Okay, cool. We'll put your handle parenting.littles in the notes below too. And I'm thank you. Thanks for joining me uh, today, Renee. And I'm excited for people to head on over and see what else you have to offer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was a great topic. So thank you. Thanks so much for being here today, Renee. We appreciate you. And guys, I'm serious. This is one you're going to want to save and probably come back to. Don't forget to check out all the resources we mentioned on our website, littlezsleep.com. And check us out on YouTube where we continue to offer you insights on sleep and parenting. Sweet dreams. See you next time.